Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this can be found on page 624 in the Red Pew Bibles. And we're going to read Psalm 127. So that's page 624, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Thank you very much, Amanda, for reading for us. It's really good, isn't it, to uh, set aside a Sunday like this, uh, to have a little bit of a think about what we believe God might have in store for us over the coming 12 months, sort of stand back um, and review that. Um, And good for us to do it all together. So before uh, children and young people head down to their groups, um, we're going to just take a moment to to think a little bit about this vision thing um, all together, um, uh, all ages. Um, and I thought we'd do it like this. I thought we'd do it in terms of a church checkup, Because it seems to me that if you're going to have a vision for your church, you want to make sure that your, your church is, you know, is that we're ready together to get all this stuff done. So, a little bit of church checkup. And I thought we'd start with music. Music's important, isn't it? Good to check up on music. Um, so, um, it struck me that, that so often our music director, Matt, well, he... Um, he tucks himself there in the band, um, and um, you, you, you can't really know what's going on with that guitar thing, can you? You know, I mean, you know, could be playing it all right, but we don't know. So I thought we'd just get him to sort of, you know, to play it solo, make sure he can do it properly. It's very important, church checkup. So I've got a guitar here, Matt. Uh, I've got a chair for you to sit in, because I know you're a bit upset earlier on because you didn't have a strap thing. So there we go. Um, here you go. So, Matt, we want you to, we want you to strut your stuff um, and, um, and you know, really, really let rip. Off you go. A plectrum. Sorry, sorry. Technical, technical issue here. They're a bit fussy, these artistic types. Um, here you go. Here you go. Your pick. Pick. Apparently, I thought it was a plectrum, but it's a pick. Okay, off you go. Come on, Matt. I can't take this. Well, Matt, 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 someone, can I just, just, little, what do you mean? There are literally no strings attached. There aren't any strings at all on this instrument. How can I possibly? Oh. Bit, bit arty. Bit fussy. 
you know, they just get a bit sort of, you know, a bit neurotic. I mean, good, I mean, it's, it's only, I mean, the whole, look, it's huge. There's lots of, there's lots of instrument here. Oh, no, go and sit down. Uh, that's really poor, isn't it? Really poor. Just, just a little bit fussy. Won't, won't allow that to get done. Uh, the lights have gone off. Something else is going wrong here. So here we go. Well, okay, so that wasn't a good start. Um, maybe, maybe we'll do a check-up instead. We'll do a check-up on IT, admin things. Very important to have those, have that whizzy. Um, if we're going to try and implement our vision. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a church manager, office manager thing, man, you. Come and sit down, come and sit down. You fixed the lights, well done. Um, okay, so um, here's, your, here's your checkup. What I've got here is I have got a... Um, that's the text of an e-bulletin that needs sending. Brilliant. All right, very good. Yes, yes. Then I've got lots of, lots of welcome slips. They need to be. They need to be popped into church suite. Bring them in. And look, this looks like an Amazon order. Oh, for guitar strings. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, want you to want you to process all of that, and we're going to check up, see if you can do it in five minutes. Are you ready? Go. Come on, Ben. Where's the keyboard? Uh. It's a, we've got another prima donna here, haven't we? I mean, listen, you've, you've got a mouse. Do a little bit of clicking. Nothing's happening, Steve. Right-click, then. Still nothing useless without my keyboard. Morse code click. I mean, you know, there must be some... Oh, I give up. You go and sit down as well. So that was no good either. We're, just, we're not doing very well here. and This, this check-up is just going very badly. First of all, I've got Matt complaining that he can't play the guitar without strings. Now I've got Ben complaining that he can't get on with a, the IT without a keyboard. Uh, maybe it's just the church staff that are a little bit sort of below par. You know, we need to get out where the action really is. You know, in the, in the, the body of the church, that's, that's where things really get done, isn't it? So um, how about, um, ah, there we are. Um, we, need, we, need, we need a Pathfinder leader or two, and maybe some Pathfinders themselves. Rosie. And it's, it's, um, oh, look, Ant's there as well. Ant could come too if he likes. Because when we think Pathfinders, we think bucket ball, don't we? We think bucket ball. That's what we think. So um, here we go. Here we go. Um, we're, 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 this is really going to happen now, isn't it? See, now, now we're in the people who really know what's going on. Okay, so... Excellent, excellent. Oh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling encouraged now. I feel as though the church is whizzing. Let's go. What's the problem? Well, I mean, I, I just, you know, a little bit of flexibility is needed here. Um, you know, and imagination. Imagination is really good for, for young people. Oh, this is. No, I, I, I had such high hopes for you. Oh, you better go and sit down as well. This is, this is really poor. Um, I'm really worried now. Um, it doesn't look as though we're going to make any progress at all. But maybe, maybe we just need to notice something that actually there are some things that you can't do without. Some things that are so vital, you can't do without them. Because you can't play a guitar without strings. And you can't get on with admin without a keyboard. And you can't play bucket ball 
without a ball. And actually, that's exactly what this verse, which we've made our, our memory verse for the month. And as I was thinking about today, I thought, what a good memory verse God has given us for this month. Because it starts like this, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So that was true when Solomon first decided to build a temple for the Lord. And, and he said to himself, unless God is the one at work building this great temple, waste of time, all the energy that we give. And it's just as true for us now as we think about our Vision Sunday and we think about all the things that we want to do, there are some things you can't do without. And when it comes to church, when it comes to us as God's people here, you can't build a church, you can't grow a church without the Lord. If He is not at work, then we will labor in vain. So that's the really important thing that we need to be clear about as we step into this Vision Sunday, and indeed as we step into this 12 months ahead. For us, trying to, trying to do stuff here spiritually, trying to make progress as a church, without the law being at the heart of it, is as much use as trying to play a guitar without any strings. Because some things are vital. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. For any spiritual progress, we are completely and utterly dependent on him. Again, as we said at the the beginning of the service this morning, this is our Vision Sunday. And last year at this time, the the church leadership presented a five-year vision built around three areas of ministry focus. Um, uh, we've been, in the weeks leading up, we've been thinking about some of our foundations of church life that uh, we think we want to have in place uh, as a church family. Uh, but also, we want to keep reminding ourselves what those uh, areas of focus are. And this morning, we want to continue to set our sights on those things. So, so Darren, then Steve, uh, then myself are going to speak to those three things, uh, which were uh, children's and families ministry, biblical counseling, and also some church growth initiatives. So I'm going to hand over to Darren. Thanks, David. So what, by God's grace, might the year ahead look like for children and families ministry at Christchurch? Well, three quick snapshots. Firstly, we want to be more deliberately equipping parents as they seek to raise their children as disciples of Jesus Christ. We'll be holding a series of parenting seminars. These will be opportunities through the year to get together and think about parenting from a biblical perspective. We started back in July with an evening on parenting in a world of screens and social media. Tomorrow night, a group of us will be thinking about discipline when parenting under fives. And going forwards, we'll be looking at lots of different topics for different ages and stages. How to read the Bible with our children, how to talk to them about sex and sexual identity, helping them to navigate friendships or pressures at school. If there are topics that you think we should cover, I'd really love to hear from you. And my big hope is that these seminars will give those of us who are parents greater confidence to share practical, gospel-centred wisdom with each other informally 
as we meet together over coffee in our small groups, equipping parents. And then secondly, we want to look at how we're training our leaders as they teach the good news of Jesus to our children week by week in Sunday Club, in Pathfinders and Grafted, and those who support our children with additional needs. How can we be more effectively equipping them for that ministry? Last week, with Sunday Club leaders, we started to explore together the big Bible truths that we want to be systematically teaching our children as they grow up with us through church. Things about God's character, about saving faith in Christ, about living the Christian life. I want to do more thinking about that this year. And in a few weeks' time, I'm meeting together with some other children's workers from across the city to discuss ways we might work together to, put, to offer training opportunities. Opportunities for our own children and youth leaders, but also for those at other, maybe smaller churches who aren't blessed with the same resources that we are. And then finally, we want to explore ways of reaching out to children and families in our city who may not have much opportunity to hear about Jesus. Could we get more involved with schools, taking assemblies, supporting our e-teaching, hosting visits, helping children and their teachers to better understand the gospel of grace that is at the heart of the Christian faith? Could we take a Christmas trail into schools, an opportunity to explore the true message of Christmas in an exciting, hands-on way? And are there ways that we could support those of you who are already busy building relationships in your local school to put on something there that would let more children and their families to hear the good news about Jesus? We'd love to be exploring some of those possibilities this year. Reaching out, pushing a few doors, taking a few risks, seeing how God might be pleased to use us. So three quick snapshots. Please be praying. Uh, thank you, Darren. Um, I guess this second area uh, that we identified uh, 12 months ago uh, that would be a particular focus for us uh, alongside all of the other foundation elements of church life. Um, this particular element of biblical counselling may be the one that for some will be a little bit mysterious. Um, even the very term biblical counselling um, may be uh, unfamiliar to you. Um, so let me put it like this. Um, biblical counselling is about applying the riches of Scripture to the realities of life. Um, it's driven, I suppose, by the conviction that if in the Bible God has indeed revealed all that we need to know for life and for godliness, then nothing could be more important than offering one another counsel from the Bible. Uh, that in the, in the struggles that we experience, in the, the battles with uh, the sinful nature that we experience, uh, that we listen to what it is that uh, God makes known to us uh, in Scripture. Um, and a commitment to biblical counselling is simply a commitment to do that better and better um, as a church family together. Now, for some, this will be going on within the context of our friendships, uh, just growing in our ability to speak of Christ in everyday conversations. I sense for all of us uh, that'll be the case. 
Uh, for, for others, it will also mean applying the gospel well in their leadership position, um, in uh, working out how to speak of Christ well uh, to people in a small group that you lead, uh, or to young people in a youth group uh, that you have leadership responsibilities for. Um, how do I help uh, those young people apply the truth of Christ's gospel uh, to the difficulties that they're facing? How can I do that really well? And then for a smaller number, uh, it may mean learning how to walk with people over a longer period uh, and speak counsel um, into more complex, harder, uh, deeper struggles and sufferings. But across that whole spectrum, uh, two things uh, will remain true. First, that Christ will always be the most precious gift uh, that we can give. And secondly, that speaking well into another person's life uh, will mean having been spoken to uh, by Christ himself in our own lives. It's really hard, isn't it, to persuade someone that in in the difficulty and struggle that they're facing, Christ is the one that they need. If in our own experience with struggle, uh, we have not become aware of Christ being the one that we have turned to and found has met our need. But when that has happened, well, then we can speak uh, with authenticity uh, to those that we're seeking to help. So to that end, our plans uh, for this area of ministry uh, begin, as it were, with ourselves, uh, with opportunities to engage richly uh, with God um, in the Bible for ourselves. So in the early part of 2019, we'll run the newly revised Real Change course, Uh, We did this uh, in its prototype form uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, It's now being published um, uh, by a publisher in the United States. A couple of guys from Biblical Counseling UK have put it together. It's a six-week introduction to to the way in which the Bible says we change as we engage with Christ and his gospel. Uh, For those who've got a little bit more uh, time and, uh, and indeed a little bit more money, Um, this Dynamics of Biblical Change for Leaders is an online course that covers the same material but in greater depth over a a six-month period. We had a group from the church who took that on uh, last year um, and uh, will, uh, by God's grace, I hope, gather together another group uh, that will do it in the coming uh, six months. Uh, Then for those who've done one of those two courses... Um, and now want to develop in their ability to support others well, um, we're going to be introducing a new series of biblical counselling workshops, a little series of four or five dotted through the year, uh, where people can come together and think very practically uh, about how to help others um, in need and struggle. I guess it could be that, that all of those things that I put in front of you sound, oh, they're just you know, too much for me to bite off, um, and uh, I know I don't have the time uh, for any of that. Well, let me suggest some other things that would be um, uh, more manageable. Uh, you might like to have a go uh, at working with the spiritual MOT. Uh, you might have seen that uh, if you're in one of our small groups, or we'll have some copies available at the back. Just an invitation to, to think for yourself um, about... Um, your walk with the Lord and some helpful questions that do that. Um, Or grab one of these uh, little booklets, a whole range of them downstairs. You might have walked past them a hundred times in the foyer. Um, Booklets that in a very short span 
and so in a sense inadequately, but it's a starting place. Address a whole range of issues. Uh, Maybe it's something that you know that you grapple with, uh, or maybe something you know that a friend struggles with. Uh, And by reading this, you just get a little bit better um, in being able to to speak well uh, to them as a result. Um, Or one of Ed Welsh's books, you could decide to read that over the coming year. Uh, When People Are Big and God Is Small um, is uh, the the most read book uh, from the Biblical Counseling Stable. Um, Or uh, uh, this one that we had as a book of the term uh, a few terms back, side by side, uh, thinking about how we get alongside people uh, and love them well uh, with Christ and his gospel. Um, Those would be some ways uh, of uh, taking yourself forward in this area Uh, Throughout that, I guess, we we have two ambitions. Uh, First, in order that we go on shifting the culture of our church, uh, getting even better at offering genuine gospel care and rich gospel truth uh, to one another uh, as we all seek to live life well for Christ and all of us face struggles and difficulties. Um, And then secondly, uh, we increase the number of people who can speak confidently uh, to those with harder Uh, issues in their lives, Uh, or perhaps to those who've never ever thought that Christ uh, might provide answers to the difficulties that they face, Uh, and we want to help them see that for the first time. David. Thanks, Steve. Uh, The third area uh, that we're aiming under God to set our sights on is in church growth initiatives. We are at Christchurch, a community of God's people wanting to live for Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit, to the glory of God. And by God's grace, we have grown in in this place uh, over the past number of years. Uh, We're now one church family uh, that is meeting across uh, four different services. Uh, We were one morning service that has now become two morning services and two morning services that are beginning to become full. We don't take credit for that in any way, bringing attention to ourselves, but we thank God for it, that growth has come in this place. And we have for some time been praying and talking about how God might use us as a church family in growing the gospel work uh, here in Cambridge and beyond, motivated by Jesus' words that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him So we are to therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, The gospel keeps pushing us out to try and take this good news further and further. And two areas we are prayerfully setting our sights on. Uh, The first one is a further congregation within this place, within our existing uh, building here at Christ Church, to gather a group of people from existing services who would commit to starting a new, distinct congregation within this building. This group would form a planting team and with the church leadership would plan and shape a new service, still part of Christ Church, but having its own identity and evangelistic focus. Planning a service that would hopefully make it as easy as possible to invite new friends, neighbours, people we don't know yet, to come and hear the gospel of Christ's saving work. Now, we're still at an early stage, but moving forward, we want to continue to pray and plan, but also to begin to identify individuals and families who would be willing to 
leave the services they're part of now and commit to this new vision. The second initiative we remain committed to is a new church plant meeting in another place outside of Christchurch. And so in 2019, uh, we hope to appoint a new ordained member of staff with a specific role of gathering and leading a planting team. Now, we know this will be a longer process requiring the cooperation, cooperation with the diocese, and so we need to be realistic in our planning and our perseverance, recognizing the launch of a new church like this may still be two to three years away. And as with the other things we're setting our sights on, we are putting them before you with the awareness that as a church family together, this will involve all of us depending on the Lord in prayer and asking for his grace. Now, we make our plans, but it's the Lord alone that gives growth. And we trust him and look to him. We will need to depend on him in prayer. We also recognize we'll need to be prepared for sacrificial costs in terms of our time, our comfort, people that we love that might have to go and do different things, and with our money as well. And it will involve, above all else, setting our sights and continuing to set our sights on our great Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to pause there from those things. There'll be a moment later in the service where we'll have an opportunity to pray together about some of those things. But before we we listen to God's word again, we're going to sing praises to our God. The musicians are going to come back up. Serving God as a church family, it isn't in the first place a duty that we have to fulfill. It is instead, first of all, a gracious privilege that we have that even though we were all very, very far away from God, he has come in Christ and saved us and brought us close to the cross. And whatever we're doing, whatever plans we make, we want to remember it's all by grace. And let's remind ourselves of those truths as we sing together. It is indeed an amazing grace, and we are grateful for it. Uh, do take a seat again. Good uh, to be reminding ourselves of uh, the grace that sits at the heart of our faith and our hope going forwards. Uh, so I want to reflect with you on uh, the, uh, the verse that we have chosen um, as a memory verse for September, uh, because as I reflected upon it, um, it dawned on me that actually in all sorts of ways, um, this, was a, this was a verse that needed to sit right at the very heart of our vision as we approached the coming 12 months. They're striking words, aren't they? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. There's something sort of deceptively simple about them. Maybe they're familiar words, uh, maybe they've uh, always been familiar to you, or or maybe you've got to know them over the last uh, month or so. Uh, but deceptively simple, so easy to, to sort of drift past them without quite taking in what they're saying. Uh, maybe you've had that experience of um, setting up your TV um, and you thought, oh, you know, instruction manual, I don't really need that. I'm sure it's obvious. I know how to do this. 
and you start plugging things in and before you know some weird software is being downloaded from the internet and everything's gone horrible. And you just wish you'd stopped and thought carefully. Well, here's a verse that ought to stop and make us think carefully uh, before we go rushing on uh, to our vision uh, for the year ahead. Deceptively simple. Without God, we labor in vain. That's what this verse is saying, isn't it? Without the Lord, every single bit of ministry that we get ourselves up to here is useless. Every sermon that we preach, every song that we sing, every Bible study we lead, every person we support, every pound we give, every welcome we offer, every creche we help, every youth group we lead, every first steps we run, every besom we do, every committee we attend, every course that we organize, and every course that we attend, all of it, is useless unless the Lord God is at work. That is what this verse says. It it was true when Solomon was thinking about it in the building of the temple. It was true as Peter preached his sermon at Pentecost. And it is true uh, for you and I sat here this morning. We can give all of our energies. We can throw ourselves into this coming year full of vigor and enthusiasm and determination. We can be astonishingly generous on Giving Sunday in two weeks' time and find that all of it amounts to nothing. Just hot air and bluster. It's a scary prospect, isn't it? that frighten you a little bit? Think of all the hours that you might find yourself giving over the year ahead and nothing to show for it all the ways in which you might determine to to serve here at Christ Church and find that it profits not one bit. It's a scary prospect. But it is what this verse says. That unless the Lord builds the house, uh, the builders labor in vain. And I think it has some um, fairly far-reaching implications for us uh, as we step into this coming year. Uh, And I've got three. Uh, The first of those is that it would say that we ought to believe. Now you're thinking, well, that's pretty obvious. We're moving into, uh, into the stratosphere here. Church, faith, yeah, I get that. Um, but we do need to revisit this obvious thing of believing. You and I need to believe that there is a Savior. We need to believe that he has come in the flesh and made his dwelling among us. We need to believe that he has worked miracles and revealed his glory. We need to believe that he's died on the cross and risen from the grave. We need to believe that he stands exalted in the heavenly realms, even at this moment. We need to believe that he has sent his spirit and that he builds his church. We need to believe these things. And that's why in this coming year, we're going to give ourselves uh, to a comprehensive study of the Gospel of John. Our plan for this next 12 months is to work our way all the way through John's Gospel uh, from start uh, to finish. We're going to be studying it in small groups. We're going to be reading it in our quiet times. 
and we're going to be preaching on every single verse in the gospel. Trusting that as the year unfolds, uh, we will discover the truth that John sets out for us right at the very end of his gospel account. That these things are written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing we might have life in his name. Because that's not something that happens once, is it? As if you, know, you do that at the beginning of your Christian life and then, well, that's done. I've believed in Jesus. Now, now we'll get on and do the rest of my Christian life. As if you leave that believing behind. Now, that believing walks with you and that believing deepens in you uh, as your Christian life progresses. It's not something to do once. It's something to return to over and over again as we seek to become people more convinced and demonstrating our conviction in the way that we do life. That Jesus is the Christ and that by believing in him, we can have life and so can those around us. That's the ambition of our year in John's Gospel uh, and we begin that next week. But secondly, if it is the fact that all of our hard work is no consequence unless the Lord is at work, uh, then the second thing we need to do um, is to pray. No spiritual gain without the Lord being at work. Then the obvious thing to do is to, to beg him for favor. It, it would be a madness, wouldn't it? Uh, to have at our disposal a, a resource such as this um, and not to avail ourselves of it. Um, I was chatting to somebody at the end of the first service um, who I didn't realize that um, uh, his wife is working her way through um, some sort of most excellent, high-quality, um, cordon bleu course. Now, can you imagine being in that household and trying to do some cooking? And upstairs is this person who has done this fantastic course, and you're struggling away uh, over your cooking. And you never think to bother to ask for some help from this person who is most excellent at this business. It's a bit silly thing to do. Yet you and I are doing that day after day, aren't we? Busying ourselves away with whatever it is that we're trying to get done and forgetting to do the obvious thing, uh, which is to plead for help from the one who has all the resources available we could ever need uh, to accomplish the task that he intends us to accomplish. So whatever else we do this coming year, we need to pray. Uh, let's make this a year of prayer. Uh, we're going to begin uh, with our week of prayer that uh, immediately follows. It starts uh, tomorrow morning uh, with a prayer meeting at 7.30 here. Uh, there's a card like this. You hopefully picked it up one of the last couple of weeks. Uh, it tells you the times of all the other prayer meetings during this week. Uh, as we begin, as we intend to continue uh, by committing uh, our, uh, our work and our endeavor uh, to the Lord. Uh, and then we'll continue on in the same vein. Uh, our regular monthly prayer meetings, Prayer 150, uh, will happen second Wednesday of every month. Uh, I'd love you to, to go home. You could do it now if you like. I, I don't care if you get your phone out now and put all the second Wednesdays in the month in your Google calendar. That would cheer me up, as long as you're not actually just sort of dropping into doing a little bit of email checking. Uh, to get those dates in your diary and say, I'm going to come. I'm going to make that a priority for this 12 months because that's one of the ways in which I'm going to show a commitment and share a commitment here uh, to the business of praying. Um, uh, and that prayer won't just be when we gather together. 
um, in those kind of meetings or in a prayer triplet maybe, uh, but also that we might make a personal commitment uh, to learn to pray better in the secret place. Uh, When Jesus says, go shut the door uh, and pray to your Father in secret, when only he sees. All of us struggle to do that as well as we might. Well, this coming year, uh, we will give ourselves, uh, we'll interrupt the sermon series on Sundays, every now and again, uh, to drop in something specifically on prayer, uh, either about the theory or the practice of prayer, as an ongoing encouragement to us uh, to grow as people, as men and women of prayer. So two ambitions for the year ahead. Will you share those? Uh, To believe... Return to John's Gospel. Make it your ambition to fall in love with Christ uh, in a richer, deeper way uh, this coming year. And then to pray. uh, To become more people of prayer than we currently are. And the third, slightly funny thing to to stem out of this verse, actually. Um, The third thing I want to point out is that uh, we should get on and work. Seems kind of funny given what I've said already. But it's important that we don't misread the verse. See, Psalm 127 doesn't tell us, since the Lord builds the house, the builders can sit back and relax and just watch him get on and do it. That's not what the verse says, is it? Now, wonderfully, even though we are completely and utterly dependent on God of a spiritual progress, nevertheless, he expects us to labor. That's the way that he has planned for it to happen. He still wants the gifts that he has given us to be used in his service. So while there may be something distinctly unspiritual about not praying, there is absolutely nothing unspiritual about working hard for the Lord. End of Colossians chapter 1. Apostle Paul puts it like this. I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. Did you catch that lovely mix? Christ supplies this energy within me, but I still have to strenuously contend with it. So here's our vision uh, for the way in which we will go about this coming 12 months. Uh, First, to, to be people who believe, fall in love with Christ in John's Gospel. Uh, Secondly, to pray, to express our complete dependence upon him. And third, to set to and work. You find an area of ministry, if you've not landed one yet, uh, some sort of part of church life that would use the gifts that God has given you in order to serve him amongst his people.